You're listening to the Bookkeepers podcast, sponsored by Iris Elements, the weekly podcast for ambitious bookkeepers. Every week, we'll be discussing topics which will help you build a successful practice which works for you. And here are your hosts and founders of the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, Joe Wood and Zoe Whitman. Hi, and welcome back to Bookkeepers Bootcamp, sponsored by Go Proposal. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Leah Crowfoot today, not with Joe. Joe couldn't make the sense. Hi Leah, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? Oh, I'm good, I just knew you'd be perfect for this conversation about pricing. Um, our guest today is Pete Scott, who is a sales guru, and I know Leah and Pete have worked closely together and just thought it would be such a cool conversation about selling with confidence, getting the pricing right, communicating around your pricing. Um, Pete, so nice to see you, how are you? Hello, yeah, I feel like we're doing this regularly now, it's great. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really good though, just, uh, um, yeah, I'm relaxed, um, lots of good things happening at the moment, um, despite what's happening around the world, which is lots of not so good things, um, but excited as always to be here. So uh, yeah, let's get some good content out there. Oh, I love it. Oh, thank you so much for coming in and supporting everyone. I know like this is, we've kind of got to that point in the week where we need to talk about like getting out there and selling. So I'm really excited about today. Um, Okay, maybe we just start off with like pricing is a massive challenge. We've been talking about pricing during the week so far, and I think for a lot of bookkeepers who are maybe new to bookkeeping or it's the first time they've run their own practice or they want to uh, offer a new service that they haven't offered before, having the confidence to, for the first time to go out there and charge the right price feels like massive. We're, we often want to like discount and do deals for people and all of that kind of stuff. What do you think is the best way to price a service that you've never offered before? I think the, the main thing, oh, Leah, do you want to go with this or...? Um, well, I mean, it's definitely difficult because when, when I had my practice, I really struggled on what, what to charge because you, you generally go out and so go, oh, well, they're charging this much, so surely I should charge the same as them. Um, but obviously, with my the work I've done with Pete, it's, it's all about understanding your value, not the value of everybody else. <clears throat> and what it is that makes you different to everybody else and that's what you need to charge based upon not the actual work that you're doing the value that you're going to give the client love that and it's so true as well so um the reason sorry the reason why i jumped to you leah as well is because i knew you'd answer exactly like that <laughs> so um it's, it's such an interesting question how much do i charge because pricing is that that big thing especially as you mentioned sorry at the beginning um and uh, what we don't want to do is sell out on our values immediately and do deals for friends and i've got a mate down the road who's got mechanics and let's work with them and before you know it you're 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 working in a way where you've totally commoditized yourself and and you're struggling um but it's really getting clear on what makes me different what value can i bring to the client Um, and value isn't what we do for the client value is in how the client prospers and that changes the whole psychology so for example instead of worrying that I'm going to do this work. I'm going to do that. Sorry, I'm not a bookkeeper or accountant, so I'm just kind of making this up as I go. Um, but I, I'm going to do their books. Well, that's worth X amount. I'm going to um, do the end of year tax return or whatever. I'm going to do all these things. Um, they're all commodities. But and when we look at it that way, it makes us very comparable to everybody else and it becomes this confusing mess. And that's what 99% of service providers, not just bookkeepers, accountants, that's what 99% service providers end up doing. Salons are really bad for it. Personal trainers, they go, oh, I'm, I'm, I do personal training, so I charge for 10 sessions. But it's just a, 
it's not it's kind of an out of date pricing model that the whole world still uses and um but when we say well i want to be different and i want to put myself out there and get paid for it properly what we need to do is we need to be different in how we communicate as you said zoe um and and that starts with saying well what what is the impact for the client what what change will they see what's value for them value isn't what we think it is value is the perception of the client and when we look at it that way we also start to understand that um clients will pay far more than we think but if we compare ourselves to everybody else and say well i'm going to charge you a monthly fee for your bookkeeping for you send in your receipts all of that stuff um then of course, the potential client or client will look at it and say, well, but they do it down the road cheaper. But if you are able to extract the value to the client and say, well, for you, you're currently doing, doing 250,000 a year with a net profit of 80 grand. And you know already that with some financial management and understanding your finances better, you can grow this to a million plus per year. And I'm not making that guarantee to you. However, what about if we get you in a situation where you are completely clear on where your money's going, why it's going out, and with, um, with any, in any given moment, you know your turnover, gross, and net profit? That already, how much is that worth? So it's all of these things, and we talk a lot, Leah, don't we, about strategy, having the right, you know, yeah. nobody has a financial strategy at all. They're yeah. just winging it. Big companies have gone into that's winging it i do it from the sales angle like what's your strategy for sales marketing everybody says winging it when they say the truth uh, there's the same on the finance the budgeting the understanding being transparent being clear on what is going in what's going out how's that affecting the bottom line how does it compare to last year um so yeah there's a big opportunity in that sense um so first thing as leah said at the beginning is to really get clear on what's the value going to be to the client and that's, that's the fun part. The second thing I'll add very quickly here is um, start asking questions. Start asking a lot of questions. You know, um, what, um, what is everybody else in the market charging? Start there. Um, but why are they charging that? Well, if I'm going to be different, I can charge for these things. Um, and yeah, and then get out to the market you want to work with and start, start asking them what value they're looking for. And then the price starts to appear and become um, transparent for yourself as well. In your experience, Leah, have you, because Leah's background is running a practice and in your experience of having conversations with clients, how easy have you found it to pull out the value that you can add for them in those sort of early conversations? It is, it's very difficult. Um, I found that essentially most business owners don't care and it's not kind of persuading them but getting them to understand the value of what it is to actually understand what's going on with your finances and most of them you say to them profit profit and loss account and they're like what i mean one one client that i'm still working with um he's trying to get some funding and i'm like you need to build your balance sheet up he's like what's a balance sheet and i'm like oh for <laughs> and that, those are the sorts of conversations that we're, that we're having with, with the clients because they, they don't actually understand what it is that we actually do as accountants and bookkeepers. They just 
like Pete says, they see us as a commodity. You are helping me with a task that I don't want to do. And what we need to try to portray to them is actually we can help you with the task you don't want to do. But what we can also do is provide you with this wealth of knowledge about your business from the work that we're doing transactionally. And it's that that's our value, mm. that that's what we add to the business. And that's what helps the business owner understand how it's going to grow in the future. Um, and it's it's just really kind of bringing home that point to business owners, which is really difficult when they don't have that financial education on what is net profit, what is gross profit. If I've got money in the bank, why am I not making profit? A lot of business owners don't know that cash and profit are two completely different things because profit is based upon accountancy transactions, not the money going in and out of the bank. So it's it's very difficult, and to 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 get that message across, you need to really know your client's business area to specifically target any problems that they may be having, and that's that's when you hit them emotionally, and that's when they start to go, oh, actually, I'm I'm feeling that, I understand that. So it's making it relative to the actual issues they're having rather than the technical why you can help them. Does that make sense? It does. I'm gonna, I can see Pete yeah. is itching to say something. I'm so going to leave it to Pete. Very, very quick, very quick on this. Um, so there's tremendous value in revealing blind spots. We all have blind spots in our business, every single one of us. Um, for somebody as an expert to come along, and as a bookkeeper, you're, you're an expert in what you do. You've got far superior knowledge, and Leah's explained it all beautifully that the clients, if they, their current level of understanding, it's all about awareness. You know, Leah used the word understanding. You know, so understanding awareness, and we can only buy a solution based upon our current level of awareness. And if our current level of awareness is quite simply, I need a bookkeeper, I'll pay them 50 quid a month or whatever it is, the going rate, 200 quid a month, then that's how they're going to buy. So it's really important to understand two things. Number one is that we all have blind spots in our business and and coming along as an expert and revealing and, and shining a light on that blind spot and saying, hey, by the way, I know that you're spending 100 grand a year on marketing, but did you know that without spending a penny on marketing, we can bring in another 250 grand just by getting your finances on track? Wow, how can I do that? Well, it's well, that's what I do. We can put a strategy in place for that. And this is my method of doing it. See where the value starts to come in. So that's number one. It's tremendous value in revealing blind spots. Number two is to always remember clients don't know how to buy your solution. They don't know. And so instead of going in saying, I can do bookkeeping, blah, 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 they're, they're not an expert. They've literally come to you because they're, they've come to you with their current level of awareness and they've said, I need a bookkeeper. But that's how everybody starts. I used to manage gyms years ago and everybody walked in and said the same thing. They said, how much is membership? And when I first went into the gym to manage um, one particular gym, which was like bottom of the company, there's 80 gyms in the company. And we we're like 79th or whatever out of 81 gyms. And the receptionists were like, here's the price. And it's like, but they don't know what the value of the gym is. So how can you, and I'm not saying you can let people know the price, but, but actually what's the value to them? See, people don't know how to buy. Anytime we're scared of buying, think about anything that you're a bit scared of buying. And buying a, you know, buying a service of a bookkeeper is a bit, this one, that one, we, we don't know. So actually where the real value is at is, is being able to educate and help the client increase their awareness 
to a point where they realize it's not just a transactional game where they're paying someone um, to do their receipts. That they actually get it and they're like, wow. Because once they have those breakthroughs and those aha moments, then they're going to say, actually, I'm on board with this. Whatever you're charging, I'm in. Because you want to command the fee ultimately. In the long run, you want to be commanding the fee. This is awareness for us as well, right? So the re- you know a lot of the reason that the the things we're talking about this week have come up is because we have a lot of posts in our six figure bookkeepers club where people say, "How should I price bookkeeping services? What's the hourly rate for bookkeeping?" And then you'll get this conversation, and there was a bit of an argument happening in May. I'll be honest with you about people saying like, "How could you possibly charge that? It's too much," you know that kind of thing. And we're like, "Right, we've got to step in here because first off." We don't think hourly rate, hourly rate pricing is the way to go, but that's a whole other conversation. So we decided to run a survey in our community and we found out quite some quite interesting things. So one of the things we found out is that uh, bookkeepers who work with us in our program, if they are to charge an hourly rate, they generally charge about £12 an hour more for bookkeeping than people who aren't working with us in our program. We know that bookkeepers who work with us are charging 20% a month more for monthly bookkeeping fees. We know that bookkeepers who work with us are charging more than double for advisory fees. And we think that's because bookkeepers who are working in our program have had that awareness shifted. So they, as well as the client knowing how to buy and understanding, you know, I I need someone to do my bookkeeping. So therefore I'm going to pay X amount an hour for someone to do my bookkeeping. That's my budget. Our bookkeepers are able to say, well, hang on a minute. I know that that isn't really how it works. And I know that I have this awareness and knowledge and ability within myself to interpret the financials when I've had the opportunity to have those conversations and therefore I can charge for more. So is it now an education piece for us to go out and start saying to people, actually, this is bookkeeping has changed uh, or bookkeepers haven't been really approaching this in the way that is offering the best value to business owners. Let's look at it like this. Mm. Leah? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree. There's, um, I, I see it myself within like the main group and the, the success lounge that there's so many bookkeepers that are undervaluing themselves. Um, and it's, it's mainly due because they don't have that self-confidence and the self-belief in what value that they can offer people. But I, I truly believe that every single bookkeeper can sell at the level that they need to it's just it's all inside that needs to be kind of brought up and that's what you get in the success lounge with seeing everybody else doing it and obviously the 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 program itself and and listening to you and joe um yeah there are a lot of people and it's it is definitely changing you can see the shift on general social media of bookkeepers are no longer being frowned upon and look down at us like, oh, you're just you're just a somebody that does a job. Um, personalities are coming out as well. I mean, there's quite a few that um, started in the last 12 months that are they're literally blowing up and just bringing themselves out because um, bookkeepers have this perceived persona of being boring and just number crunching constantly. But there's so many bold, big personalities in the success lounge itself, and they're they're coming out because they're getting confident in themselves, which then portrays in what they're doing in business. What's the best way going into a sales com- uh, sales call then? So you, you've got a new client inquiry, you've got a little bit of info about who they are, so you can have this conversation. You want to sell to them at the 
you know the price that is your which is value you know sorry reflects the value that you're going to offer to this business how do you go into that call ready to like own it as the expert and be able to charge in the way that you know we should be the, uh, the first thing is, is having structure in your in your calls and the worst thing we can do and this is actually 99 percent of service providers we we don't have any structure and so we go into the conversation and we we kind of just again using the words i, I used earlier is we're winging it and we want to create predictable results and interesting enough conversations meetings whatever we call them discovery calls all these different terminologies they can become predictable and you want to create that pattern over a period of time so you know every 10 calls i have every 10 inquiries i have uh, four of them become um, a client and so i've got a 40 percent conversion as an example um, but the only way we can get to having predictability is by having some kind of structure and um and you know my, i have my structure which i'm teaching in a couple of weeks with, with or in a week or whatever it is um, with you and uh, lots of bookkeepers, which is which is great. And that's a five step process. I'm not saying it's the only one and the only way of doing it, um, but it certainly does a bloody good job. Um, so the first thing is having some kind of structure that allows you to ask the right questions at the right time in the right way to identify when the client is getting those aha moments, when they're having those breakthroughs and when they're ready to buy. But let's just move what you know beyond that and ask, well, what can we do right now the first thing is to ask a lot more questions, have a deep sense of curiosity, go into that with the mentality, I am here to help. Most of the time what we do when it comes to client conversations, and this actually happens with like ongoing clients, but it starts with the initial meeting. We go in and it's very much us versus them. Hopefully they buy. Hopefully they're not going to be too intimidating. Hopefully they don't interview me and ask me lots of questions I can't answer. Hopefully they're not going to ask me to do a discount and it becomes like, you know, me versus them. And it never works. It's a works. power thing, isn't it? Power it's a power thing. shift. You've like given them the power in that situation. Yeah. And I had that in a in consulting where I got referred to somebody. Um, it's actually a, a client and she went on a date with a CEO or something, a very um, successful guy. And she ended up talking about me on the date, which I found rather strange. Um, but anyways, point is, is that... Um, I agreed, she kind of caught me off guard. This was several years ago, she caught me off guard. She went, there's this big successful company and this, I went on a date with the CEO, with the, the, the founder of the company. I know we don't really use CEO in the UK so much, but um, the founder of the company, he wants to jump on a call with you. And I went, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll jump on a call with him. And because she went, I've sold you already, you're brilliant, blah, blah, blah. I get on a call and it's him and his business partner in their car on their on Bluetooth. And they started just drilling questions in my direction. And I started to feel so, and I'm a confident guy, but I started to feel insecure. They said, well, what experience have you got in our industry? Who have you helped? Um, you know, what, how much do you charge? Um, how, can you help a, a company that's, that's got this many staff? And I had to stop, I went, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and luckily I caught myself and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, if you don't mind, I appreciate you've got a lot of questions. I'm happy to answer all of them. But right now I need to know if we're even a fit to work together. So do you mind if we just swap this around and I'm going to ask you loads of questions? And fortunately, I was able to do that because I was literally feeling like I was going to pass out through just intimidation. And that always happens when we're the ones feeling like we've got all the pressure. There is no pressure in a conversation. It's just a conversation, but you've got to see it as we're a team. So we're a team and I'm going to ask you loads of questions. I'm going to find out about your goal. And this is where it gets really interesting. When you start talking to companies, what's your strategy? What's your goal? They don't know. 
they literally, I don't know. And we, and then we welcome those I don't knows. I don't know is my favorite thing to hear because that means that they really need me. Because if they know, then they probably don't need me. If I say, well, what's your ultimate goal to achieve as a business over the next six months to year in terms of your finances? No idea. Well, how much clarity do you want to have around your finances? Well, I'm not sure what that even means. Okay, so that's why, that's why we're here to figure that out. So let's make this conversation figuring those things out. And you'll be amazed because what actually happens when you start asking these sorts of very curious-based questions on their goal and what they want to achieve and they don't know the answer, their guard drops because they're like, oh my goodness, you know, you've got to ask questions that get the client to think, not just how long have you been in business? What do you want to achieve? What do you want in a bookkeeper? Forget that they're, they're rubbish questions. Ask great questions because great questions get great answers, but great questions have to make the client think and the client shouldn't be able to answer right off the bat. They should pause and go, you know, what? I've never thought of this before. Like, and when they say, I don't know, that's a welcoming thing. So just be curious. I mean, um, there's a lot of people who do, do very, very well and they don't even realize they do well because they're just deeply curious people. I've got a friend of mine who's deeply curious. Every time he meets someone, uh, it's amazing how he does it. He just starts talking, about, well, tell me about that and what about this? And it might be someone in the coffee shop. Um, so yeah, having, having that deep sense of curiosity and know that you're working as a team because if they're not right, you don't really want to work with them, right? So you're not there to get their business. You're there to figure out if this is even a match. Oh, have you ever been in that situation, Leah, where you've been in a call, on a call with someone and you're like, oh, it just doesn't feel like this is going to be good? <laughs> what do you like? Do you end the call or what do you do? Um, well, because when, when I was in practice, I was using obviously Go Proposal. Um, so I'd go through it all and without really realizing what I was doing during the call, I broke rapport, which is now what I realize I've did from the training I'm doing at the moment. And that in itself turns the client off um, because they don't then feel that connection anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and generally I've found that if I've come across somebody that's kind of, they want to go through the proposal. So I've done it and sent it and I've, then I've not heard from them again. And that, I think that's um, just a, just breaking rapport with them while on the call. Mm. Without that's interesting actually because there's part of me that's like is that in term I mean that's good because it like removes that awkward oh god actually I don't want to work with you um but also do they go away and then do they then talk to other people about that conversation with you and or not recommend you because of that but then I suppose if they weren't the ideal client to work with you probably don't want them to be recommending you to their friends anyway yeah yeah I mean I it, it was kind of an analyzing what I was used to do that kind of came into my head about what I was actually doing without realizing it mm. um you can kind of sense when they're feeling a bit uncomfortable themselves so it kind of goes in a natural way of rapport breaking because you're talking about what you can offer you start talking about prices and they themselves will have the bit of a because they're not feeling it either I think it, it's just instinct yeah. really okay clients i want to talk smell, about sorry so clients can smell um desperation but they can also um smell or sniff selectivity so it's about move away from the because when we look i've got to get clients i hate when i see the ads how to get clients i, I hate that's those sorts of um that sort of advice because it comes from a place of lack you shouldn't be getting clients it's about 
it's a selection thing. So it's about asking questions, are we a fit? And, and the more we step into that, uh, and I appreciate that that's easier said than done when you're down to your last pennies in your own bank account, um, but it does start there. And that's the deep end of work. Um, I know, Leah, you've, you've been doing a lot of that the last year, especially, right? Um, you've got to do that deep work on yourself and, and be calm and comfortable. And we're, we're in this, you know, we're in this inflation recession now. And I just posted something in a Facebook group about um, that. Uh, if you haven't increased, you can't exactly be complaining about pet fuel prices going up if you haven't increased your prices for five years. And mm. um, that has created some interesting replies. Um, but just, just going back to it, we're in a scary time and the desperation levels to, I've got to get business. Um, mm. But we have to remember we're already great. And we're already, in, I know it sounds really cliche, we're already enough and we're already interesting enough and we're already there to provide a solution. And you wouldn't be having a conversation. You didn't drag them there. You didn't pull them off the street and say, you're going to talk to me about bookkeeping. You know, they've reached out to you. They've inquired. It's just a wonderful conversation. And yeah, there's enough things to, to get our fears and going in this world. And we've, got to, we've got to feel calm and grounded in what we do. Well, it's an opportunity as well, isn't it? You know, if people ever needed to understand what's going on with their business numbers, this is the time that they really need someone who's going to help them to unpick it and make it make sense. It's a huge um, opportunity. There's a lot we've been talking about, about um, like asking lots of questions, understanding about the clients. So, you, you know, you can sort of position what you do in the best way. If you've never sold anything before, and I, I think there'll be people who are watching this who've never had a they haven't had a client yet um or they or someone's actually come to them and they haven't had to have this sort of sales call uh, situation how do you practice this technique because it i think i feel like having a script would be really helpful but none of us want to read off of a script um leah like how have you practiced that so you felt confident in sales calls um with other people essentially um within I mean, because, you know, I've been in Pete's Academy since November 2020 um, and he regularly hosts sales practice sessions, which is all members versus members. Um, so it's just practicing, running, running through it. You can even run through it with yourself in the mirror or um, a friend, a family friend, your partner. Um, it's just getting used to saying the words and asking the questions and it, the more you practice it, the better it sticks in your mind and the more confident you get with it. So that, that's what I did. They've been in the academy since uh, since November 2020. Yeah. Like, wow. Wow. Just to add to what Leah's saying, um, practice makes permanent. Doesn't make perfect. Um, we shouldn't be looking for perfect. That's one of the reasons why we get stuck. I got stuck with my TikTok recently. I know, Zoe, you um, you were anyways to go. Oh, just I'm given up on TikTok. I've, oh, yeah, must, yeah. Honestly, I've like yeah. started like doing TikToks of my microwave, like literally. <laughs> yeah, it gets a bit strange, but but there's an interesting thing. So I, I I started overthinking it all, and I'm like, what am I doing this for? This is what I teach, and and one of the reasons why I'm, I, I'm not a social media expert by any means, but um, yeah, I I realise I'm like we're interesting enough, like just what we're what we're doing, um, and uh, so it's just it's. Putting yourself in those, I don't know why I use TikTok there as an example, but we, we come back to the come back to the original point, which was how do you practice? And and the idea is that you 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 practice. Practice just the more you practice, that's right. Yeah, sorry. So the reason why I said about TikTok was on the basis that um I started my I, I started to get to a point in, just to switch the mentality. And we all we're all guilty of this. So I'm like, every TikTok's got to be amazing. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Like just just do the do the bloody videos just film what you're having for lunch or whatever. I mean, as long as it's on brand, it doesn't go way off, right? 
Um, but I think as well, it's the same when it comes to sales conversations. We want the conversation to be perfect. Therefore, we don't do anything about it. Therefore, we never get to practice. And one of the things that um, I do within my academy with the members is we, as Leah said, we host um, very regular practice sessions. And Zoe, we're going to be doing this in Birmingham as well. Um, lots of practice because I'm practicing that in a safe environment where you can get things wrong and you can go, oh, I messed up there completely. It doesn't matter. But by the, if, you know, the danger is we never, ever practice. And the only practice we then have is in front of a real life client. And that's, that's, that keeps people stuck, not just for a, a few months, that keeps people stuck for 20 years because they don't, and even when they accidentally have a great conversation and they, they win the biggest deal of their life, they don't actually know how it happened. So they can't repeat it. You see, this is why it goes back to structure. When you've got structure in place, you can actually start to pick apart and say, so for example, I had a consulting meeting a few months back and it turned into a, a very good deal. Let's just say that. And, um, and I can literally look back at the conversation and I can say, this is why it went well, because I follow a precise structure. And within that, it's not a script. I don't really believe in scripts because conversation flows, but I do believe in structure. So like anything in life, you look at your life, anytime you've succeeded in anything, you've got structure behind it and structure and discipline and consistency. Um, so, but what we do is that why don't we get in shape? Because we're looking for the perfect diet. We're looking for the perfect workout regime, right? I, this year, I'm getting in the best shape I've ever been in because I just go to the gym every morning and I don't overthink it. That's how I, I get up and I go to the gym. And when I get there, I figure it out. And as I've as I'm like 120 sessions in, according to my app, this year alone, it's like every day I'm at the gym, okay? And some days are shit, excuse my language. Yeah, some days I went there yesterday and I was not in the mood and I just did a, but I did a few biceps. That was it, bicep curls. And I'm, I'm kind of done today, but this morning I had a beast of a workout. But over time, by having a structure that every morning I go to the gym, guess what's happening? I'm getting in the best shape I've ever been in since the last probably 15 years. Same with conversations too. Don't wait to be perfect. Start practicing with the structure. I don't know who I'm going to quote here, but someone says, don't they? Uh, like if you keep doing what you've always done, you get the results you've always had or something like that. And it's like working out what is the difference that you need to make to start to get different results. And we, we if something's not working, we need to change it. Change it. Yeah. You mentioned discipline there, P. I feel like not discounting is a discipline thing because I think if you're in a sales conversation and and you're like oh maybe if I just move my price to here um what what are your thoughts about there's like a, how do we how do we not discount I don't um well, yeah. there's, there's a ton of psychology around discounting and why we shouldn't um and there's also a ton of psychology of why people actually do and they they shouldn't clearly and so here's the thing is that if you've never had a client before Please note, you can't go out tomorrow and charge £5,000 for somebody to be your guinea pig. So we, we need to understand where we're at. You might work with your first client for free just to get a case study. So there's there's no right or wrong in terms of pricing. There's no, nothing set in stone. People say to me all the time, I don't know what to charge. You know, How do I figure out the pricing? Like that, um, and I always say, well, there's no rule book and no law stating that you charge X amount. What, um, however, though, when it comes to discounting, the reason why we do it is based upon our own insecurity. And also our own financial thermostat. But bear in mind, um, if you've stated a price and then you discount, you actually decrease your chance of getting the client. And the reason for it is because if I say to you, this is going to cost X amount. If I say this pen is going to cost X amount, it doesn't matter the amount, right? You fill in the blank. And you say, well, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And I say, 
well, I'll give it to you for not 20% off. What have I just done? I've actually showed you that the pen wasn't worth the original amount because I'm still getting a profit by knocking 20% off. So now subconsciously, you're not going to trust me. And subconsciously, you're going to say, well, now you just want to sell me the pen. And that becomes an issue. And, and now you're going to pull away even more. And the truth is, is that when you discount, it's because you haven't, you feel you haven't to convince someone to buy. Therefore, if I des- uh, let me knock, let me knock some money off and they're going to buy. No, no, no. This is the price. And I'm excited to work with you at this level. And this is the reason why the price is this much, because we're going to help you achieve these things. Don't talk about what you're going to do. Talk about what they're going to achieve and how they're going to understand their finances and have strategy and all that stuff. Don't overpromise, okay? Underpromise and overdeliver, I do believe in. Um, but yeah, certainly with discounting, always go back to that moment you want to discount and and to hold your ground. It's that it's, it's it's almost moving from I don't know if you've read the Chimp Paradox by Dr. Steve Peters. So he talks about the the chimp brain, right? Chimp mind, which is the limbic system. And he's got this wonderful exercise where what you do is um, you if you're about to do something stupid like discount. Um, which would be the chimp saying that. Mine's called Henry, sit Henry. Um, So what you do is you visualize um, the blood moving from from your limbic system to your logical mind, your prefrontal cortex. And that gives you a few seconds to respond, not react. Remember, when we discount, it's because we're reacting emotionally and we're going to regret it most likely later on. And also what you can simply say, just to put this in layman's terms, is... If somebody says, so Zoe, say we're talk, talking about, I'm going to be your bookkeeper. Yeah, going to work with you on a transformational level, not just bookkeeping, really going to get you clarity behind the finances. And you say, oh, this is all great. I love it, blah, blah, blah. I really appreciate it. I'm going to have, you know, this clarity, um, you know, but things are tight at the moment. So can you just knock a little bit off? What you do is just say, I would say this to you, Zoe. I'd say, Zoe, how would you feel if our, transformational relationship or just say that how do you feel if we started this whole journey together with a discount yeah because you're you're calling it out as it is mm. right i've come in we've sat down we talked about these changes that you're going to create if we start this relationship with a discount what's going to happen next i believe that the the you know the relationship that we have the business relationship we have is everything and this is the price and if you come back and then say oh no but in order to get this over the line we really need a discount don't get me wrong there might be if you're just starting out you might ask oh, i'll do it but if you're experienced and you're good at what you do then and the person's pushing really pushing for a discount okay you really you want there's a big client you want to work with okay fair enough but you need to have your terms in place do you know what zoe i'll tell you what i can see that of course, we're, we are in this inflation time at the moment right now. Um, the, I'll tell you what I'll do. I will give you the 10% off, not the 20. However, we are looking at payment in advance for the year. That's my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? So you're paying the same amount, but I just need to know that the, the, you know, the contract is secured because once I go into this, I'm going to give it 100%. Mm. So if they're going to mess around with your, you know, expectations, like your pricing, then you need to let them know the boundaries on that. But you need to know that before you go into the meeting. Yeah, it, because otherwise you're completely devaluing it. And then and also like their, in, their sort of commitment to the process is reduced as well, isn't it? Like to, yeah, they become a commoditized buyer, price sensitive, and they're going to be the worst client ever. We don't want those. No. 
Peter. Go on, Leah. Sorry. No, I was going to say Peter clients. Oh, yeah. Um, do you so like prices on the website? If you're in a sales call, then obviously we need to talk about the pricing. Um, do you, how do you feel about putting pricing on your website as a I don't know pre qualifier uh, before a sales call? Would you would you try and share your pricing? What would you do? The answer is always in the data. Test one month with it on. Test one month with it off. With it off. Uh, and it's different for everyone. It depends on the stage of the journey they're in. If you're just starting out maybe not putting prices on so you can just get those conversations will, will be great. Um, but if you're great at what you do and you've been doing it a while, um, perhaps you can put on there, our, you know, our, our fees start at 8,000. No, but you need a minimum engagement level. So um, I've just actually done this in my business. Uh, I'm no longer, this bootcamp that we're doing shortly um, for 99 pound, um, I'm no longer doing any of that anymore. I've dropped all of our low ticket offerings. Um, so our minimum program, it, well, I only have one product now, which is the diploma in the academy. Um, and it's 3K for the diploma, another 1800 is coming to the academy. So every client works out to be about five grand. Um, so it, it's, it's really important not to have too much attachment. Should I, shouldn't I put prices on the website? Um, it, you want to be testing what comes through. So if you put the prices on the website and don't get any inquiries, <laughs> then you take the prices off and you get 10 inquiries and and then it goes into talk, talking about the price. That, well, that's great, isn't it? But you've, you've got to remove the emotion because what works for Leah is not going to work for somebody else and, and vice versa. Fab. Okay. Um, we should obviously talk about the event that we're running in real life in yes. uh, a week or so's time. Can you Can you tell us a little bit about it, Pete? Yeah, so I, I, um, everything we've shared in this discussion so far, it will be highlighted and amplified uh, throughout the day. And it's a long day, I'm not going to lie. It's 10 in the morning till we, the earliest we finish is 6.30 p.m., but sometimes 8 p.m., no later than 8. So it's pretty full on. We focus on two things. We start the day by focusing on running your business in a slightly different way, or it could be a dramatically different way. Uh, my specialty, even though that um, I'm known as sales guy or sales gurus zoe i didn't say that zoe i said that i just made that up that's what i would always say my business name is the ultimate sales academy but very much uh, over the last year or so it's transitioned into helping experts to be able to work with their clients on a transformational level and that's everything we've been talking about today so it is a different way of doing business where you're not charging for time you're not charging for bookkeeping at all you, you, and you're, you're charging for the transformation that's going to happen within that client, within that company or whatever. And this is how you go from clients being worth, you know, um, a few hundred quid a month to thousands. Um, so that's the first thing. But that's That kind of flows through the day. But then the main thing we're going to focus on throughout the whole day is that conversation. And so the five-step process that um, Leah's practiced many, many times uh, by the end of the day, you will know that back to front because we go through a ser these series of exercises and at the end of the day, you can go through it start to finish. Um, you know, what questions to ask, when to ask, why to ask and all that for 99 quid. Um, and uh, I'm going to upsell you on the diploma because that's the next step. Um, but that'll be up to you if you decide to do that or not. But it's 99 quid whether you attend virtually or if you attend, I, I would recommend if you can get there, be there in person, but you can attend virtually as well. Um, but it's just going to give you so much confidence, so much clarity around the, the conversation you'll know you know you'll know in that you'll know 
how to handle objections before they even come up, all this stuff. It's just, uh, it's crammed full of value. It really is. Yeah. Hence why, hence why now I'm dropping it because actually I'm just focusing on everybody getting that in the diploma. I think, I mean, it's going to be an amazing day. I know Leah's coming, Joe and I are going to be there. And, um, it, you know, we, we run sales sessions every month within our success program. Um, mm. So there is an opportunity when you work with us to join a call once a month and spend some time on this. And I just, you know, we've done a lot of things together, Pete. And I think having a day where a lot of us get together in real life amazing. and working on this as this sort of project together and having people all sort of, I'm going to say sat around a table. I know we won't be. We're going to be moving around and it's going to be like the day's going to be really into, Yeah, sorry to jump in. It's, it's, um, I forgot to mention this. One thing about the day is I like, to, everyone knows I like to talk a lot, um, but most of the day you're in, ex, like the day goes so quick, even though it's a long day. That's the feedback we always get because um, after I've done my bit in the morning, you're very much out interacting, doing all these different um, exercises um and, and working through it so it's a really fun energetic um interactive day yeah it's gonna be fab oh look thank you so much for coming along pete and helping us with That's our questions me. we could we could talk about this all day um leah thank you as well for coming on i just I, I just knew you were the right person to come and join us for this chat because i know you guys have worked together so much leah how can people connect with you as well if they want to know more about what you do because what you do has changed a bit hasn't it yeah yeah i mean um, i'm i'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, generally as myself, mainly, um, because I am my brand now rather than the, the business. So you can just find me at Leah Crowfoot. I'm, I'm, I am Leah Crowfoot on Instagram and I'm Leah Crowfoot on LinkedIn. And from there, you can find my business pages and I've got a Facebook group where there's lots of help and support while I'm growing my business um, on helping people with their mindset. And I do do, um, like you do in the success loans, I do like a financial Friday that's starting in July where we can sit on Zoom and do the get the business owners doing the stuff that they need to do that they're not doing. And I'm there to help if they need it, like uploading their receipts to their, their bookkeepers and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just myself all over social media. <laughs> Personal brand is strong. Personal brand is strong. We're like we talk about this all the time. We've been talking about it this week. So it's no, it makes so much sense. Can I do a quick? Can I do a twenty-second share on that? This is this is something that I've noticed in my own life re more recently. Um, is that because uh, it's so it's so profound what, what Leah said? A lot of the time we overthink stuff. We overthink our business. We get analysis paralysis and all that, and it's no good. But what I've noticed, in my, and this is kind of weird, the more I work. And I'm in danger of sounding overconfident here. It's just, you know, but the more I try and work and be at the office and do work, the less things actually get, the less things succeed. When I'm just like out and about doing my thing, sharing what I had for, and I know it's ridiculous, sharing what I had for lunch, then I get inspired as I'm walking along. By the way, if you thought about working with clients on transformational level, then I get all the inquiries. And it's like, that's what I'm getting rid of this office right now. Like, because mm. I'm just, it's mad. It, but I think that's the world that we're in today. And I'm not saying anybody needs to become an influencer. And I have a tiny following, but we, we get, you know, five, six inquiries a day for a £3,000 program. So you don't need a big following at all. But it's, it's just the busier you are, the less money you make. And yeah, it's, it's almost surreal. So Lee, I'm super proud that you're, set, you know, you're saying that outwardly that I am the brand. Just find me Leah Crowfoot and, you know, and you're going to get to 
find out all about me when you follow my stories. That's great. Yeah, Sorry, it's all right there, just my life. Yeah. There's not a lot of business sharing. It's just literally, this is what I'm up to because people buy from people. Gary Vinacek said, don't create, document. Just document. If you ever, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, just, just document what you're up to. If you're having a shit day, just oh, I'm having a shit day, just don't go on there and moan too much. You know, because you're <laughs> an expert. I think the personal brand thing is really essential. And actually, we'll be talking about that this evening in the third part of our Rise Framework training. So that's at eight o'clock tonight. And you guys have just queued it up perfectly for me. I'm just going to share what we've got coming up for the rest of the day. So um, we're going to be speaking to Kath Vincent, who's one of our amazing bookkeepers in our community. She's talking to us at one o'clock about growing her practice. And then this evening, Joe and I are going to be talking about it's going to be the third session for our Rise Framework training. We talk about, a lot about branding and personal brand as well. And then at 9 p.m., we've got a bonus session. It's a pricing workshop. And we're going to talk to you about the results that we got from that pricing survey we mentioned. So um, it's going to be a jam packed day. And I hope you'll come and join us for the other sessions. Um, but for now, Pete and Leah, thank you so much for taking the time today. I've really enjoyed having a chat with you both. Enjoyed being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Don't forget to join us every week on the Bookkeepers Podcast with Topical Bookkeeping Chat. Why not join our free Facebook group, the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club, or visit us at sixfigurebookkeeper.com.